Hello and welcome to the Health Hacks podcast, the podcast for high-performing professional females looking for practical ways to optimize all areas of their health and wellness. At Health Hacks, we understand that as a busy female, you wear numerous hats throughout your working week. You're trying to juggle it all, while also looking to carve out time to prioritize your own goals. It's challenging. It's therefore our mission to channel your energy into the areas that are going to help give you the biggest bang for your buck, to really make significant changes to your lifestyle in the most efficient way possible. So at the moment, if you feel as though you need more energy, you want to feel more productive to improve the quality of your sleep, to lower stress, to increase confidence, to show up better in both your personal and your professional relationships, this podcast is for you. If it's time you prioritize your health, learn to fuel your body, found time for exercise, and said goodbye to fad diets and inconsistent behaviors for good, this podcast is for you. If it's time for you to step into the shoes of the high performer you know you can be, this is the right podcast for you. Join me and my guests as we take you through the Health Hacks podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Health Hacks podcast. It's me this week, and I'm going to be talking about a subject that I can guarantee affects every single person listening. I've got so much conviction that this barrier affects absolutely everyone that I wanted to dedicate a whole podcast episode to the subject of digital distraction and how we can limit the amount of digital noise in our worlds. And this podcast came about, it was conceived on a beach in Greece where I had nothing digital around me. No phone, no iPad, no laptop. It was the first holiday that I've ever been on where I didn't take my laptop with me. Believe me, it was a big step. But it really hammered home a couple of points to me that I wanted to raise. And obviously with our one-to-one clients, it has been holiday season and they have been enjoying time away and upon their return we've had a lot of discussion around what's been really valuable about our trips the the parts that we've enjoyed and how we can take some of the the best parts of unwinding and relaxing and on on our holiday time how we can take that and bring as much of it as possible back into our our busy our hectic our hectic day-to-day and this is really the background to this episode which I'm looking forward to going through today all about digital distraction. Before we go any further I'm just going to borrow two minutes of your day. You may have already seen but we have launched a brand new program. The Lifestyle Project is now live and I am so excited to bring this package to you. It is a program outside of our existing one-to-one coaching services and there are three reasons that that launching the Lifestyle Project was incredibly important to me. I've done a short recording on those reasons, exactly what the Lifestyle Project is and how you can get involved in a quick recording last week. If you're interested at all, go and have a little listen to that. It will give you all of the information, absolutely everything that you would need to know. And we are offering, for a limited time, we are offering a closed number of individuals access to the Lifestyle Project free, completely completely free for 30 days. And I'll be completely transparent as to why. We want your feedback. 
We love the program. We love the way that it's put together, but we want to get your feedback on how you found it. How can we make it the very, very, very best client experience that it possibly can be? And that's why we are gifting it to you free for 30 days. If you'd like to apply for a space on the Lifestyle Project, I'll link the information below. Obviously, if you if you want to find out more, go and listen to that recording. If it sounds like something that you might want to get involved in, follow the link and you can fill out the really short application. Or if you know of someone in your inner circle, a friend, a colleague, a family member, someone who you know would love to make changes to their health, but they perhaps just want to know where to start. They just need a little bit of a nudge. They just need guidance and support. This might be the perfect opportunity for them to get the ball rolling and to make those changes. And we're now heading into the end of September. We've got some time before the end of the year, but it might be a really, really good way to make those changes and to look at building healthy habits and routines before the madness of the festivities kick off. I know that seems crazy to be talking about that now, but it's going to come around sooner rather than later. So if you are looking to make changes, do uh, let us know if the lifestyle project sounds like it'd be the perfect fit for you. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to find out more about your lifestyle. And I want to have as many ladies as possible from as many different uh, job roles, backgrounds, professions, uh, however, if you have children, if you don't, if you're running a company, if you're an employee, I want to try this model and as 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 many different individuals as we possibly can and to test how it works out so if it sounds like it's for you let us know we'd love to hear from you without further ado let's dive into today's episode how to limit digital distraction we're living in an era where screens devices contact has become an integral part of our lives and Taking a break from the digital world might sound like a really radical idea, having a digital detox. However, I'm going to talk about some of the benefits that I found over my personal little digital detox and how we can bring some of these practices practically into our working weeks, because I completely get it. It's not feasible to have a digital detox. If you're running a company, if you've got a big deadline, if you've got kids to pick up and a home life to juggle, it's not practical or possible to turn our phone off and just let the fires burn. It's just not going to happen. And I'm very, very aware of that. But I do believe that there are things that we can do to help improve our relationship with technology and really question the role that it plays in our own lives. I would, from coaching the women that we do across the world and in, in the different roles that they have and in different stages of life that, that they're in, there is one recurring theme. And it's this theme of availability. It's We have to be everything to everyone, but we also have to be available to be that person all of the time. And for want of a better word, Ladies are feeling completely, completely drained and overwhelmed. It's a lot. We are, you know, trying to be on call 24-7. We feel that we need to respond to everything in the here and now. There's a sense of immediacy around everything that we are doing. And as I say, it took me detaching on a beach in Greece to stop and pause and realize that, okay, maybe it doesn't have to be this way 
all of the time. And there are so many benefits when we take control and limit the amount of noise that we're exposed to. So there are five things that I really felt that I learned while on my digital detox. And the first one was, you might be able to relate to this. Do you ever feel as though your mind is just constantly going? And that there's this tendency to be jumping from one thought to the next or one task to the next. And it feels very frantic. It can often feel hard to to focus on one thing. Your attention span is worryingly short. And the day, sometimes you can blink and you just think, what happened in that day? And it's not until I go back through my calendar that I think, oh my goodness, yeah, I had that call with that person and I did that task and I completed. Yeah, it's not until we stop and breathe and just slow down, we realize where the day has gone. It's certainly an experience I've had. And I'm going to guess that it's something that you've experienced too. So going away and detaching from this screen, away from social media, away even from podcasts. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm coming to you through the medium of podcasts. I absolutely love the platform. And even I felt when I was away, I wanted silence. I picked up a book. I read real words on a page, not even on a Kindle, on a tangible piece of paper. And it has been something that slowing down and I likened it from moving to the digital to the analog it didn't just slow down my thought process or my thinking but it allowed a completely different way of thinking to emerge one that's more creative and more considered one that could look at the bigger picture and not just the the immediate and this idea of switching from digital to analog and I'm, I'm using this as a metaphor it was sl- Moving from the slowing the speed dial right down, turning down a couple of gears, instead of that being counterproductive or slowing things down, bringing that thought process back has actually helped tenfold. My way of approaching problems has been has been very different. My ability to read things on a screen and actually retain, take in the information has been enhanced from since then spending so much time reading paper books. It's been really fantastic to experience that. The next one, nothing good comes from comparison. You could be in the most amazing place in the world. You could be looking at the bluest sea, the most amazing view, having the most incredible meal, spending time with someone that you care very deeply about. And you could watch something that someone else is doing and have a twinge or a pang of, oh, should I be doing that instead? I don't believe that the comparison side of social media in particular has been beneficial for many people. And if you don't believe me, when was the last time that you stopped scrolling a platform, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever you choose to use? What was the last, when was the last time you stopped scrolling a platform like that, left it and felt good? You may have just felt neutral. I'm not I'm not asking about that. You may have felt negative. You may have stepped away and, and felt really negative about that experience. But when was the last time you actually stepped away and felt good? I don't believe that that happens as often as us feeling anxious, maybe filled with imposter syndrome, maybe feeling resentful, worried, even depressed from the the messaging that we're taking in. Remember social media is a choice. 
It very much is. It is not a cultural prerequisite. You do not have to have social media. You do not have to be splashed across all platforms. You do not have to have your entire life on display for the world to see. I don't believe that unless you are using platforms as, you know, to gather ideas or to do research into how others in your industry are working or for there's some if there's not some good reason as to why we're there I don't believe anything good comes from the comparison side of of social media and like I say if you haven't experienced a positive uh, time on it in a while ask whether it's really something that you want to be engaging in long term number four building a life that you don't need distracted from so I've been guilty in the past of using screens, apps, devices, even work, actually, to numb emotions or to hide from a problem or to hide from something that I, you know, a difficult thing that I don't want to do, a conversation or whatever it may be. Instagram, Netflix, YouTube, whatever your poison is when it comes to this, there is a tendency to use these very consumable platforms to fill our brain with with noise or or to get relief instead of facing up to hard things whether I say that be you know whether it be a conversation whether it be a hard task whether we are trying to numb ourselves because we don't enjoy the life that we've built that's a really really dangerous game to play it doesn't solve it solves everything in the short term of course it does but it doesn't address the issue and if we instead took that focus to you know build a life that we love you know if you don't enjoy your social circle spending time building a network of of people around you that that gives you what you need from them if you don't feel that you are showing up the way that you want to in work, do you need to upskill in certain areas and, in, and excel in that? Maybe you aren't achieving what you want to because you don't feel that you have the skills at the moment to do so. Whatever is the hard question for you, maybe you have some unresolved trauma that you want to look at. Maybe for you, you would love to be spending dedicating more time to your health, but you find it's just easier to sit at home and scroll. You know, if we want to change things, we have to take action. And yes, it is easier to sit on Instagram. Yes, it is easier to get lost down the TikTok rabbit hole, but long term, it isn't solving the issue. So really thinking about building that life that we get fulfillment from and we don't need to fill the hole with these dopamine hits from our from our devices. And the last one, this is probably the one that I found most surprising from my experience was that with the absence of devices and screens in particular, creative thoughts happened very, very quickly without that constant influx of digital information it was like my mind was very easily it was like it just opened up to experience around it was like without that noise I was able to connect dots that I couldn't see that were right there but because of the noise I wasn't able to really put them together I wasn't able to fit the puzzle pieces together it was like 
there was too much distraction to have any clarity. And I've definitely been victim of this where I've thought, right, I'll, you know, shoehorn in half an hour of creativity or I've sat in front of a blank pages document and willed creativity to come when actually it's time away from the screen and and doing other things, whether it's moving your body. In this case, was it, you know, having a swim or, you know, sitting, looking at a view or doing a an activity or a new experience or having a different conversation or simply being more relaxed allowed the creativity to come and it was probably the most unexpected of the, my experiences but one that I will really take forward going forward because in the day-to-day doing the thing is is one thing but having that bigger picture thinking and being creative is so energy gifting we talk all the time about you know a lot of us will say we're feeling drained or energy is low being creative is an amazing way to gift ourselves energy but there isn't very often space in our days when we're trying to fire away the next email or put together the next presentation or the admin the admin that doesn't it's not creative it just it needs done there isn't a lot of time in days like that where we can gift ourselves energy from creative pursuit so as much as possible I am going to try and take myself away from the screens in order to be creative sounds counterintuitive doesn't it go for a walk be in nature you'll get more work done you'll be creative but it comes so much easier doesn't it I bet the last creative thought you had was away from a screen in a shower or driving driving's a good one as well so yeah going away and having a proper digital detox was something that I very much enjoyed I'm going to be really aware of that in future, making it a priority. And I will say as well, it wasn't by accident. It was by design, you know, by choosing not to take my laptop in this instance, by choosing not to have my phone by the pool or having it on airplane mode or deleting certain apps or putting certain apps on mute, whatever it may be, that that is by design. It's not always possible I think to accidentally have a a, an experience like that it has to be considered and thought of and any contingencies put in place to allow us to actually do that but do I think it's well worth doing yes absolutely the premise of the digital detox is fantastic but I get that it isn't possible to follow that completely in our busy working lives if you are working to deadlines you have a team who is looking to you you have kids who are at school and you know might be sick or need picked up or whatever it may be It's, it's just not possible and I get that completely but I'd like to talk today about seven ways that we can limit our digital distraction. I heard a wonderful quote by Eric Weinstein who said, your phone is an environment. And I love that little phrase, your phone is an environment. And I thought in 2023, it's so true. Very often we are living, perhaps not physically, but our mind is in our phone. We may be here in body, but our mind is distracted by everything and everyone that we may only communicate to or who we know to exist through a phone. And it was just a really interesting concept to me that we've almost 
narrowed our vision, tunnel vision down into this little, look at my iPhone screen. What is it? Like six inches by whatever it is, this tiny little window into a world that we've created. And I question whether I'm happy with that. I'm questioning whether that is healthy. And questioning whether that is sustainable. And that's how we should be running running our lives. Caveat to this, I realize that I'm coming to you on a podcast via technology, probably through one of these little portals, that phone. And I understand that as someone who has built a business through amazing technology, there is a place for it. Of course there is. I I don't believe that, you know, life has never been easier for us. Now we can order food straight to our door. We can, you know, order a taxi wherever we may want to. We can check in with anyone all over the world, irrespective of time difference. No, it's never been easier to exist in our world. And yet I still question if we are happier. And if you've ever heard of the phrase the inverted you principle you'll understand what I mean by this so the inverted you think of it like a a u-shape think of it like a rainbow so it's a curve that that reaches a a point increases and reaches to a point and then after that certain point it decreases down the other side and it's the principle that everything is great until it's not so for example exercise is fantastic exercise is going to give us loads of benefits increases up to the you right until it gets to the point think of it like that rainbow arch until the point where we do so much exercise that it potentially becomes detrimental when we can't our body can't recover we're putting too much load too much strain on our on our physical self it starts to become detrimental diet you know uh, carbohydrates absolutely fantastic fuel source positive 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 we reach the top of the u-curve until they're not until all of our diet is in you know include all of our diet includes carbohydrates if that is the basis of our of our nutrition that's not conducive to a healthy diet and the old mantra everything in moderation the same with technology it's a benefit it's a positive it goes up and up and up and up and in that u-shaped curve until it's not until it becomes detrimental until that starts to decrease and fall down the other side of that arc and this is really what I'm talking about is what that sweet spot in the middle is for you are we aware of it have we ever considered it so I'm not saying move away from social media or technology completely I'm asking you what role that it plays in your life and whether you feel you're in control of that role. Why would we consider limiting digital distraction? What are the benefits? Well, firstly, you'll free up more time to dedicate to more meaningful pursuits. Abigail Barnes on our episode on time confidence, if you you listened to that uh, episode where she fantastically demonstrated that Two hours of social media use per day, two hours, equates to 30 days over the span of a year. So if you simply want to gift yourself back an extra month every single year, limit your social media use. Two hours equals 30 days in a year. Terrifying. That statistic has stuck with me because it is so terrifying. 
if you're limiting digital distraction, you'll be affected less by things like imposter syndrome. You'll work with more focus. You'll be more productive. You'll feel more driven and accomplished. You'll reduce overwhelm. You're likely to improve your sleep quality, particularly if you're someone who's a bedtime scroller. So instead of going to sleep, Matthew Walker said this in his book, humans are the only mammals who purposefully uh, deprive themselves of sleep for no net gain. And scrolling on social media is, is, is definitely not a gain. So you'll improve your sleep quality tenfold if we can remove phones. Please remove technology from the bedrooms. That would be, we talked about that on our sleep episode with Dr. Narina too. Limiting digital distraction, you're going to build better and more meaningful connections. When was the last time you spoke to a, a stranger or met someone new? or went to a networking event, or spoke to someone in a pub, or in a coffee shop, or in a co-working space, you'll also start being clearer on your own values. You might actually be able to have a greater connection with yourself when we're not distracted by the noise, but we can actually engage with the thoughts that are in our own heads. It's terrifying that we've been shying away from that. So without getting too preachy, are there benefits to limiting digital distraction? Yes, of course there are, but I hear you You're saying, Caroline, that all sounds great, but how do I actually bring it into my working week? Well, I've got seven steps that I'm going to put forward. And like I say, to, with all of the teaching material that we deliver to our clients, not every one of these steps is going to be applicable to you. And I totally get that. And I would expect it. Oh, if your job demands that you are available at certain times or if you don't use a certain platform for work or they're just not all going to be applicable to you. But the idea with this is that we're going to prevent present you with all of the tools, pick the ones that are going to be the best fit and crucially try implementing them into your life. Not next week, not sometime in the future. Try doing it right now. You're listening to me on a device. You can literally do some of these things while you're listening to me, while you are hearing about the benefits you're feeling motivated to do it action 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 is our ethos here we want you to take action straight away so the first one note your screen time sounds like a really obvious place to start but go into your phone your tablet your phone probably uh go into your phone and have a look at the apps and the programs that are taking the most amount of time in your day and then what is the total the collective amount of time that you're spending on your devices once you know what that number is then you can start to ask yourself some serious questions about what you could be doing with your time if you weren't spending it on social media for example so say you are using uh, social media for a couple of hours a day could you reduce that time and carve out some time for exercise? Could you reduce that time and spend more time focusing on nutrition? Could you reduce that time and spend more time focusing on sleep? What would your lifestyle look like? What would your mental health be like? What would your physical body look like if you dedicated that time or apportioned it in other places, in other areas? How many books could you read if you took Facebook away? How many gym sessions could you do in a week? If you took away Instagram, it's a really, really interesting thought exercise, but you need to know what that number is. And it might scare you. You might see it and think, oh my goodness, that's not true. I, I can't spend that much. Yeah, well, you do. Your phone tracks it. And in some ways, it's a great thing if it does scare you because it shows you that 
there are other things that you could be doing. Maybe you've always thought, I'd love to start a business or I'd love to, whatever it may be, or I'd love to have a side hustle or I really enjoyed doing that hobby, but I just can't find the time. Well, there's the time there. We're just going to shape it and channel it into a different area. The second one, auditing notifications. So I'd like you to start thinking about your notifications as micro stressors. So micro stressors are little alerts that are coming in constantly throughout the day. And if you add up or compound these stressors over the day, it's really easy to see why we're feeling increasingly overwhelmed. It's not a single notification or a single message that usually triggers us to go panic or maybe it is depending on on your role but it's usually the sheer volume of stressors that we're exposed to but my question would be do all of your notifications require your immediate attention and I would spend the next couple of days auditing your notifications and we do an exercise with our clients where we ask them particularly if they would like to start limiting the amount of notifications that they're exposed to, but they're worried about availability. We do an exercise called the traffic light system. So I'll ask them over you know, the next couple of days, three, four, five days, whatever it may be, to start categorizing their messages, their incoming messages in categories of red, amber, and green. So red being absolute urgent messages that or tasks that they must address right away. There's no scope for negotiation, drop everything that you're doing, deal with that. Those are your red notifications. Then there are your amber, which are, I could address those at a later time. It's it's on my to-do list. I've noted it, but I can address that at a later time. How many of the messages that you get incoming in the week fall into that category? And then the green is not urgent, not important. How many of your inbound messages fall into each of those categories? Having done this with a number of clients in different roles, I think that's important to note as well, the overall feedback has been there are very few messages, emails, WhatsApps, Slacks. You know, that's the other thing. We're so easily contactable over so many platforms now. It's, it's very difficult, I, I know, for people to escape it. Um, but a lot of my ladies have said, there are very few messages over the span of an entire week that I would actually call red messages. And what that knowledge allows them to do is be a lot more confident moving forward that I don't have to be available all the time. I don't need to be dealing with all of these green and amber messages all of the time. If someone has a red message for me or I've received a couple of red messages, typically you can spot patterns as well. So they're either coming from a certain individual or they're coming from a certain organization or they come through a certain platform, then consider keeping that platform open on loud, available. The other ones you can perhaps consider muting. You will be able to spot those patterns. And very often, if someone really wants to get hold of you, they will call you. We still have phones. If it really is an emergency, people know that the fastest way to get someone still is to call them. So consider that. And it's also a good opportunity to have a conversation, a very open and transparent conversation with those around you around what platform you would like to be contacted on. Is all operating over five platforms actually efficient? It's a really good 
opportunity, I believe, at an organizational level to discuss how we are managing the players in our team to get the very best out of everyone. The next one, are your devices tools or are they entertainment devices? So I would be questioning, is your phone in particular something that you use as a tool or are you using it for some of the distractions that we've previously talked about? Your phone is not, you know, if you were a kid in the, in the 90s, as I was, it's not a Game Boy. It's not something that's there to, you know, it's not for entertainment. It's there as a tool. I use my phone very much for that purpose. It's set up in a way down to, you know, the wallpaper is is black. The clock is very obvious. The home screen is just composed of things that I actually use. It's organized in a way that it makes it easy for me to find things. It is a tool that I use to help enhance my performance over the day. It is not an entertainment device. And I think the moment that you make that switch or you flick that switch and start to think about your phone particularly in that way the easier it can be to make those adjustments our entertainment ideally is coming from other places our enjoyment our fulfillment is ideally coming from other avenues not from our phone so I would definitely consider that use your phone as a tool not an entertainment device the next one, turn off any notifications that you just do not need to see. These are the absolute, the arbitrary, the things that we should really just be unsubscribed to. Uber used to ask me all the time whether I needed a ride or I wanted to leave a review. Uh, Netflix would send me a notification saying, oh, there's a new show. Have you seen it? Starbucks would ask me if I wanted a coffee. Deliveroo, Just Eat would ask if I wanted to order something. All of these things. One, ask if that app needs to be on your phone. And then secondly, delete the notification, turn the notifications off if you do not want to be disturbed by them constantly throughout the day. All of these apps have the ability to turn those off. Simply go into the settings on your phone, go through all of them and just turn them off. You do not need to see those throughout the day. Number five, out of sight, out of mind, remove your phone from your desk area and ideally move it completely from the desk area and remove it to a place where you can't see the screen. So think about it logically, even if your phone is off of your desk, but it's within your line of sight, if that phone lights up, if, it, if something comes inbound, you will look at it. And it's not a poor reflection on you, it's human nature. If there's a, a an a, alarm or something goes off, you, you will look at the, at the distraction. So remove your phone from your immediate area. It does not need to be within arm's reach of you. And ideally, so that you can't see the screen. So if it does light up, you don't have that need, that want to interrupt what we're doing and, and go and check it. The next one, email blocks. And this is something that I used to use in my architecture days. And I found it was incredibly helpful. So I'll present it to you. And again, if this works for your role and and what you do and how available you need to be you could try this but having set blocks of time throughout the day to respond to emails and messages and keeping these the same every day is the key 
And again, this will be dependent on how available you feel you have to be in your role. So say, for example, scheduling in specific blocks. So you might say the first hour. So if you start at 9 a.m., maybe from 9 to 10, you allocate that, that time to messaging and emails, then you stop. Then perhaps you do another block before lunch. So say lunch is at 1 p.m., 12.30 to 1 is always dedicated again to a degree of messaging. Then maybe you do a block after lunch if that works for you too. And then maybe you do a block again at the end of the day. That would essentially, following that model, would leave you four chances throughout your working day to pick up and respond to messages. Dedicated time to pick up and respond to messages. You may need to be contactable more than, than four set blocks, but for a lot of people, I would argue that that is more than enough time to read. And the key is here, dedicated time. There's nothing worse than seeing a message come in, but already doing a task, knowing that you can't be pulled away from it. And then that message niggles at the back of your mind. It's a lose-lose situation. You can't respond to it. You can't take action. And you're distracted from the thing that you're doing right now. So for me personally, I like these dedicated blocks. I think they work really, really well. And it used to be a rule of thumb that I had for myself was, I don't know if you've done this as well, but I used to sometimes read my emails before I came into work in the morning on the commute. And very often I would find I couldn't actually do anything about them because I didn't have either the correct drawing to hand or the correct file or I needed to make an adjustment. So I was reading messages that I couldn't actually action. And there is nothing more stressful than that. Uh, so I then made a rule of thumb that don't engage in the inbox until you know you can take action. And I would do other things instead until I got to that point. But having these really dedicated blocks of messaging, I find works really, really well. And you can adjust them completely depending on what you feel you need. Maybe you have a big block in the morning, little blocks around lunchtime, big block again at the end of the day. Maybe you don't need to look at your inbox at you know over lunchtime, whatever it means for you, you can design accordingly. But it allows you to protect your attention. And what ends up happening is that we can create time in between these dedicated messaging blocks to actually focus on tasks. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you achieved flow state? What I mean by flow state, so that real, the, the type of work whereby we lose track of time. We lose track of, we're so focused on the task in hand. We're so engrossed. We're so dedicated and it has our tunnel vision it has everything from us that we we almost forget where we are we're not listening to anything else around us when was the last time you achieved that when was the last time you were able to fully 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 become engrossed in a in a task if not this would be the way to do it blocking off your availability so that you can create more time in the day for that flow state and the last one, be consistent. So when it comes to this, we are our own worst enemy. And the person that will get in the way of you being less distracted is you. It's not the person sending the message. It's not the incoming notification. It's not the app that's sending you some. It's your lack of control or discipline around your devices. Set boundaries, be disciplined, and be consistent. If you've got a bit of hesitancy around, 
you know, I want to put boundaries in place and I want to have dedicated times for meetings and messages and all these things, but I'm not sure what my colleagues will think. Be consistent. If they know that they can never reach you over lunchtime because you're having lunch and getting some fresh air and you're always, always doing that between 12.30 and 1, they won't book in meetings for that time. They won't message you and expect a response straight away. A lot of this is on us. It's not down to other people. Being clear on our boundaries, being consistent, then being disciplined is the key. You're not letting anyone down. I'm not asking you to shun any responsibility. I'm not asking you to be selfish in any way. What I'm asking is that when your attention is so compromised that your productivity is compromised, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help the team. It doesn't help the goal. It doesn't help the performance of everyone. So it's not just the team that suffers. It's not just us that suffers. It's the collective mission. So again, maybe this is the perfect opportunity for a wider conversation about the culture in your workplace. Again, you may not be working in person, you may work solely remotely. And I would say particularly in that case, because your communication relies completely on devices and on programs, Slack, Teams, whatever you use, that having a an understanding of how those are used responsibly is important and being really really clear on what those boundaries are in a world driven by technology and it's going to be increasingly so in a world driven by, by technology a digital detox in its entirety is taking a whole few days or a week may feel daunting and I completely understand that but the benefits of it are undeniable and if we can take those benefits and weave them in some way into our working week by limiting our digital distractions, it's going to help us really put our best foot forward in achieving, I think, what we all want to with this idea of balance in our lives. Um, it's really a chance. I think of it as digital dependency. We have this real dependency on the immediate, they're being constantly able to, to reach anyone. And my question is, where is that coming from? And is it really leading to lives where we are healthier, more mindful, more balanced, more fulfilled? I don't believe so, but it's not my place to say that. The question that I'm really raising for you today, I hope, is where's the balance for you and what does it look like? And what's your U-shaped principle? Think of that rainbow. How much can you have before it becomes a negative? How much is too much when it comes to technology? I listened to Adam Lane Smith recently talk on this subject and he made an amazing point, I would argue, that the happiest people in the world are not the ones on social media, you know, shouting about politics or making their point or arguing or trolling or any of these things. The happiest people are the ones out there doing the thing. They might be on social media. They might, might have technology and engage in, in social platforms, but they're too busy going out there, doing the thing, spending time with the ones that they love. 
not taking photos with the perfect angle and the perfect lighting to share with strangers. They're, they're just, they're doing the thing. I left you with seven ways to limit, limit digital distraction. Note your screen time, audit your notifications, using your devices as a tool, not an entertainment device, turning off your notifications completely. Out of sight, out of mind, do you need to have it near, around you, within arm's reach? Creating messaging or email blocks throughout your day and being consistent and disciplined with your boundaries. Which of those seven can you weave into your week from today? So not next week, not further down the line. What can you actually start to implement straight away? Start with one, see how you go for a couple of days, maybe layer the next one on those two are going well, layer the next one. You know, I'm a big fan of this, of building, building, building. Um, try these, see how you get on. I'd love to hear if this episode has resonated with you. I'd love to hear about your experience with technology and the role that it plays in your life, particularly if you're someone who works in an industry where technology is essential, where you have to use it as a, as a, a way to reach clients or to to engage how you balance that it would be genuinely really really interesting for me to uh, to open up and have that conversation with you so please reach out my inbox is always open you can find me generally speaking my email is the best place to find me it's caroline at coachingwithcaroline.co.uk please do reach out i'm mostly on linkedin these days actually um we are generally using Instagram now to promote the podcast. So that's just one way that we've uh, streamlined and balanced our use of, of socials in particular to be in line with the business and the messaging. And we know that a lot of you are on LinkedIn and that's what, where we like to spend any time that we do on, on socials is spent on LinkedIn. As ever, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I do sincerely appreciate your time and attention. Johan Hari has written a wonderful book called Stolen Focus, and it essentially covers why, as a society, we find it so hard to pay attention now and really debunks the reasons why it's not our fault. So it's not a criticism at all. We're actually living in a world that is designed to distract us. So the fact that you have chosen to listen to me, listen to me until this point. I, as ever, I'm very, very grateful. It's one of the reasons I love podcasting so much is that it breaks away from this idea of immediacy. A podcast is a bit of an investment, isn't it? You're investing half an hour, 40 minutes, an hour in something. And we're not used to doing that a lot anymore. We're used to 15 second TikTok reels. So it's actually one of the reasons that I love podcasting so much is that a lot of the the long form content allows allows for nuance and allows to fill in the gaps that a 15 second reel simply can't you know that's the the headline as it were is the reel but the article is in the long form content is the the playing with ideas and the they're really being creative so that's really one of the reasons I love podcasting and before I go anywhere I'll just a uh, reminder we have launched the lifestyle project and we are in love with the format of this program it is a new offering alongside our one-to-one -one coaching and for the next little while we are asking 
If you feel the Lifestyle Project is something that ticks all of your boxes, and if you're not sure about it, go and listen to the recording. It's a short recording I've done, it's the episode before, on what the Lifestyle Project is, the three reasons I designed it, and how it can help you, who it's for, how it works, all of the details are in there. Go and listen to that. Alternatively, I will link the information. We've got an area on our website dedicated to the Lifestyle Project. Go and have a look at that. If you think it sounds like something that you'd like to get involved in, you'd love to just try it. For a limited time, we are asking a select group of individuals to try the Lifestyle Project absolutely free, free, literally free for 30 days and completely transparent as to why we would love your feedback. The whole reason we're running the the free project is we want to know how you found it. We want this to be the very, very, very best client experience it possibly can be. So all you need to do is at the end of the 30 days, let us know, how did you find it? Can we improve it in any way? What else would you like to see? All of those things. That's why we're running it. So let me know if you would like to be involved in that. We can't wait to welcome you. Find out more about your lifestyle, how we can help in any areas of your life that you'd like to optimize, whether it's creating more time, whether it's improving your sleep, boosting energy, reducing stress, increasing fitness. Maybe you want to lose some weight. Whatever it is, we can we can help out with that. And we'd like to use the Lifestyle Project to support you. Okay. I will leave you there. Thank you so much for your attention this week. We'll see you next week on the Health Hacks Podcast.